least, at least I'll say for me that uh, it's not a dread or a drudgery, but it's a, a concern. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm always concerned about uh, what uh, is to be brought forth, uh, what's to be ministered, and when you feel led of the Lord in a couple directions, uh, it's always, to me, it's always uh, weighty to, to, to find the will of the Lord, but I've always found the Lord faithful, and uh, he's always, uh, and in that, uh, I woke up this morning, and I was just kind of questioning the Lord, Lord, is this what you want, and that kind of thing, and and uh, it's just like in my spirit, enjoy, enjoy the word. Uh, and, I, and I got to thinking about that. We should, we should always enjoy the word of God. Amen. We should always really take it to heart. So uh, I just want to say that this morning. I hope you're feeling the same way about the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 24, we're going to read verses 44 through 49, very, 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 very familiar uh, in, our, in our neck of the woods, and our faith. Amen. So thankful. So thankful. There's, pray for those that are on, on the road. Uh, Sister Rexanne's family, they're, uh, I think they have a lot to do with the missionary uh, for the United Pentecostal Church. Uh, they're in Missouri, but uh, Scott and him, they uh, found out their dilemma there with a job and stuff, and so they invited them this weekend to come, and they paid for everything, uh, took care of them, nice little getaway uh, with uh, uh, Brother Corey starting to do his new job, just knew there probably wouldn't be a vacation thing there, especially now, so uh, that was very nice of them, and it's it's good that there are people around that will just look out for you, amen, maybe, maybe don't even know who you are. How many's had the Lord bless you by somebody maybe that, uh, you know, over the years the Lord has sent people our way to bless us in, in such a variety of ways in that, in that direction. So remember them. They'll be traveling back here uh, this evening. Luke chapter 24, verse 44 through 49. And he said unto them, Jesus speaking here, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses. Now, notice he's just pretty much telling us the things that we know of Old Testament-wise, the law of Moses in the prophets, the, the five books, amen, that's uh, for our, uh, our wisdom and, and to show us about the coming of the Lord, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened their understanding, how many how many's learned by now it takes an understanding? You can read this book, you can read this Bible, but uh, just to read it is not enough. We have to ask God to open up the understanding, show us things. And how many's had that happen? You driving down the road and a scripture just clicks in your head and then you get it. All of a sudden it just comes to you. Amen. That open their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. He said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and, re and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Somebody say all people. All nations beginning at Jerusalem. Verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. 
Behold, I send the promise of my Father uh, upon you, but tarry ye in Jerusalem. Somebody shout, shout Jerusalem. Until you be endued with power from on high. Going back to verse number 47, he says, amen, Preach, preached in his name among all nations. I, I want to title our lesson this morning, Beginning at Jerusalem. Somebody say, it starts at home. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. It starts at home. And that's really the thrust of what uh, the Lord is saying. It started in Jerusalem. There's no doubt. Uh, when we look at the Word of God, there's no doubt what should be preached. I think Jesus made it very clear what should be preached. Uh, repentance. Number one, repentance and remission of sins. Uh, we should never get tired of hearing that. Because... Even though many of us or most of us, uh, maybe in our Bible class today, have experienced that, uh, many others have not and need to hear it. It's the message that the Lord wants to go to all the world. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. So there's no doubt, you know, we don't have to debate what the words the Lord said about what needs to be preached, uh, repentance and remission of sins. And and and. I don't think uh, we can debate who it's, who it's to go to. It's not selective. It's not a culture. It, he said all nations. Somebody say all people. That means all people, to all nations, to everyone, everywhere. And so we have to build our foundation or, or lo, at least know our foundation is built upon that. And in verse 48, he says... <laughs> And ye shall be witnesses. He said, you are witnesses of these things. He said, you are are witnesses of this. In other words, you're going to go out and you're going to be the catalyst. You're going to be the witness of what I just spoke to you. And he opened their understanding to the word that they had to them at that time, and that was the Old Testament, the Psalms that we know of, uh, the, the, the book of the prophets, Ezekiel and Jeremiah and amen, Daniel. Those, he, they, he opened their understanding uh, to the books of the prophets and to the law of Moses. And so it's something that we see and we know it was on the heart of God as he spoke to them. But Jesus had to open their understanding. And I, I want to make sure we, we know this because uh, he had to open their understanding to what? To the Word. They knew who he was. They knew what his purpose was. But to go forward, this is what I want you to do. I want you to preach the Word. I want you to preach repentance. I want you to re- pre- preach, preach repentance for the remission of sins. Because the spirit of what they had witnessed, amen, they were among it, but they had to know what their mission was. Sometimes we know some things about ourselves, but we don't really know what our mission is in life. And especially young people as they, they get into high school and get ready to go to college or think about, you know, uh, the future. Uh, some of them still yet don't know what they want to pursue or what they even need to pursue because they haven't zeroed in on their, on their mission in life. But basically Jesus is saying that he was going to pour out his spirit For the purpose of what? Declaring and teaching. I believe it's very important that we declare and teach a divine revelation. What is that divine revelation? Repentance and remission. That's that's a divine revelation in itself. 
And, and when you think about it today, uh, you know, I hear people say, and I've even said, we're not really in competition uh, because really <coughs> the Spirit of God, there's no way to compete against it. But in reality, in this world, we are. We're competing for souls. You know, you can shake and you can think, well, no, that's, no, we are competing for souls. We are to be witnesses for the Lord, and we're to preach this gospel, this good news to every creature, get it everywhere we can. It should be on our heart. It should be on our mind. And we're living in a time today, especially with the multimedia that we have, amen, there's all kinds of things out there, amen, bombarding the ears and the hearts and the minds of people. And they're, and they're very cunning. The devil's very smart because he's very cunning. He's using our young people in the beginning of their life to get a hold of them, get the grip on them early. Because we already know they're addicted to media. Social media, it is. And many of us are addicted. First thing you reach for when you get up, usually your phone. Now, I know some of you reach for that cup that's got your teeth in it. I'm not talking about, you know, the physical thing. I'm talking about. Yeah, you gave them back, didn't you, Dad? Yeah. Paid for them and gave them back to them. That makes sense. So it's, it's, it's there. And, and we, because in, in reality, we view things sometimes lopsided, uh, opposite of what the Lord views things. He, he's looking at mankind as souls. We're looking at mankind about flesh because it's what we see, it's what we deal with. Listen, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but ministry's got to get away from worrying about what your flesh feels like, but what your soul needs. We need to preach repentance. Repentance is not something that makes our flesh feel very good. It's not something we really like to do or want to do. But if we want to be in line with the Word of God, we've got to know that that's what's got to be preached. And, 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 and rem, for the remission of sins, it's, it's, it's what is basically Jesus is saying that he's going to pour out his spirit. This is what needs to go forth. And so he's telling them this is what he, he wants them to do, and he opened up their understanding. And then when you compare that to his last words, look at your neighbor and say his last words. His last words before he ascended. Think about it. If you knew you were going to die, you knew you were going to leave in the next few minutes, what would be the last things you'd want to say to your family, your kids? And what, is, what, would, be the, what would be something? Because when Jesus knew he was getting ready to ascend, his last words to his disciples was what? Acts chapter 1. Let's go verses 6 through 8. Look what he told them. Right before, right before he's ascended, his last words was, because they just had asked him, hey, are you going, are you going to set up your kingdom on this earth? Are, are, are you? And, and, and he said, listen, it's not for you to know. That's not, that's not what it's about. He said, because he zeroes in, and I want to make sure I drive this home. He, he tells them, in his last words, don't focus on the things you have no control on. But notice what he said. He told them in verse number six. He said, listen, he said, when they therefore were come together, they asked him, Lord, 
will you at this time restore uh, again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Now, wait a minute. You think, what? No, he's saying, listen, he's not saying it's, it's not something that, that you will never know. He's just saying, listen, this is not what I want you to focus on now. Don't focus on this now because here, because look what he says. Look what he says in verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and into the othermost part of the earth. I said, listen, he said, don't focus on the things you can't control. Don't we have a habit of doing that? Don't we have a habit of sitting around worrying about things that we really don't have much control about? We have a lot of thought in it, and we can think about it a lot, but we really don't have much control. When we think about the higher scheme of things, there's some things that, listen, there's some things the church should be prepared for and looking for, and there's some things we should keep our eyes off of. This world, we shouldn't have our eyes on worldly things. And when you really, and I'm, and I'm serious about it, when you really look about it, look at the things that we are concerned about. Do you think God's concerned about our painted nails, our manicured toes, our dress, Come on, our hairdos, our hairstyles. We are concerned with those things, our flesh. But do you think God sits around, oh, well, that's pretty. Oh, that was so nice. I like that color. I don't believe at all. We've got this mindset that God cares about those things. Do you think, oh, oh, this is really going to mess some folks up. You think God cares if you're two pounds overweight? Now, I said two pounds. He does care when you start getting obese and unhealthy and, oh, yeah, now you're back in. Trust me, I know. No, he does care. He does care when we sit around full of anxiety and worry. He is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, the things that we battle, the things that affect this flesh. He is concerned about those things. He does. But do we think that he sits around like we do in the church and we look around and we think this and we think that? Oh, well, this is nice. Listen, he's about, it's about souls. When we come together, it's about what's inside a person. Amen. Where are you going to spend eternity that God cares about? God wants us to fix home first. This temple is home. God wants us to be on top of things at home first. But no, verse 9, and when he had spoken these things, they beheld he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So right before he left, he, he leaves, he says, listen, this is what's on your heart. Don't focus on that. Focus on what's about to happen. You're going to receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you're going to be witnesses. Because that was what was on the Lord's heart. Before he was about to ascend. Listen church. We've got to take those things to heart. What was on the heart and mind of God. Just before that. Listen. We need to reach the lost. We need to be witnesses for the Lord. 
Amen. Don't worry and don't think about the things that you don't have control over. (laughs) You know, any good parent, any good parent would tell their kids what's the most important thing. I hope that we're teaching our children what's most important, serving the Lord. Growing up to be witnesses. Growing up to have a good name. Growing up that when you speak something about the things of God, it's going to affect people. They're going to believe it because they know you're not going to be playing games. Come on, we need to tell them, don't look at my life. Don't look at some of the things that you've seen us grow up with, in and out, up and down, battling things. Listen, get grounded. Know, know that God, they're there for you. Because one of the things that you could see in our lives, at least by teaching them, yes, we have, but you know what? God's been faithful. And to be a good witness means, amen, that you're going to witness for the Lord. And you're going to let people know what's on the heart of God. To repent, to turn your life around, to to get rid of the sin that's in your life, not be a part of this world. We are pushing our our children in this generation. We're pushing them to the world. We're getting them so involved in everything possible because we, we want them to be everything that we wasn't. In a lot of cases, parents are using their children to be involved in things that they didn't or couldn't have been doing. It's true, whether we believe it or not. But look at verse 8. He says, here's what you need to remember. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. He said, you're going to receive power that will give you what? Supernatural abilities. You're going to receive power that's going to give you something divine. You understand what he's telling them? You're going to receive something that's going to help you be what you can't be in your flesh. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He wasn't disappointing them. He was encouraging them. Because you've got to go forth and to be able to be witnesses, you've got to have the ability to witness for my namesake. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it in my flesh. We can't. We're, listen, and I don't mean to say that there is a lot of good people in the world. A lot of good people. Good people. Good people don't go to heaven. Delivered people go to heaven. Believers go to heaven. Come on, you got to believe. You have to believe in the message. you got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything that was made was made what? By him and for him. Was not anything that was made that was made. We're made in his image. All that God's spirit was ever going to be in the form of his creation. We are made in that image. Hey, look at your neighbor. As ugly as you are. As on hey. Come on, you know I got to keep your attention. As whatever you see in me, ha, that's the image of God. But think about it. 
Being made in the image of God doesn't get us off the hook of being witnesses for the Lord. I can be mud ugly and still witness for the Lord. I could be stone cold. I mean, I don't want to pick out infirmities and things. I could be hunchback. I could have one arm, one eye. I'm still a witness for the Lord. Come on, it doesn't matter. You think about it. No matter what your condition, you are still to be a witness for God. Not allow the devil to use your tongue, use your thoughts, use your life, amen, to deceive people. That's what this world is good at. But notice what he told them. He said it starts in Jerusalem. It starts at home. It starts where you're at. And I believe we need to hear that from time to time. It starts at home. It starts in this temple. Because when we look up the word witness in Greek, amen, it's the same meaning as martyr in English. So to be a witness, we're to be martyrs in our own language. What is a martyr? A martyr is one who, look at me, who literally lays down their life for the gospel. Come on. I'm not just talking about you're willing, being willing to die for the Lord. I'm talking about, but also living for him in the face of opposition, amen, persecution, and tribulation. In other words, no matter what the negativity is around us, amen, we are witnesses for the Lord. We are martyrs for the Lord. Our life is sacrificed to be a witness for the Lord no matter what we're going through. That's what it means. Lord knows what he's talking about when he chooses words. He does. We play word games with each other. I told, I've told this before. I worked with a guy at the prison. I finally had to call him out. The man would look at you and he would tell you, everything he would tell you would just be half-truth. Whatever the situation was, he would tell you just enough and stop at just enough to, th- so that when you walked away, you'd draw the conclusion, oh, well, th- this is what it, he meant or this is what it is. And it was nothing but a lie. It was nothing but deception to divert from the situation. I mean, about, about things that didn't even make it, wasn't even important. There's some people, they'll lie, just, it's just in their DNA, I guess. Rather than tell the truth. You see, for us it don't matter, but God knows. He says he knows our thoughts and intentions. So when we, when we say we're dedicating our life, come on, we've got to realize, listen, in the midst of this world, we're going to be martyrs. We're going to be persecuted, going to be talked about. Going to have opposition? Trust me, there's opposition right now in the religious ranks. There is a church on every corner just about. You can almost say at least within every mile. All because 
We get disgruntled in our flesh and we go do our own thing. That's what it is. 99% of what, why we have such uh, a, a variety or smorgasbord of churches, faith, is because people don't pay attention uh, in the right way is, is a good way. It's a good thing. So if the Lord's in something like that, it means somebody somewhere may pick up something and see this. We'll talk, I'll talk about that later. But, you know, it's more than just, you know, I'll die for the Lord. When I hear somebody say that, it makes me nervous. Because Sister Laura and I, we can tell you by experience, when people come to the office or come to us and just say, I want you to know I love you and I'm not going anywhere, we mark it down. Just a matter of time. Because when we say things, guess what? We, 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 we open up ourselves to the devil to attack. And if you're not solid, and, and guess what? He's going to attack it. He's going to beat it down. He, it's going to be on your mind. It's going to be on your shoulders 24-7. Because the Holy Ghost, he says, listen, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to give you what you need until the end of life. All for the sake of spreading the gospel of Jesus. Jesus gave them instructions. He gave them actually precise instructions on their mission. Now, go with me because we, we use this a lot. Matthew 28. Pick up verse number 18. We quote... 28, 19 a lot, but let's look at what he's saying here in this little, Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and spake unto him, saying, all power. Well, Lord, he's not junior Jesus. He's not junior God. He's not a spirit that just has partial power. All power, now get this, is given unto me, not us, not the Trinitarian thought of Father, Son. All power is given. Where? Where? Where does he say? Oh, he's either a liar or it's the truth. In heaven and in earth. All power means there's no room for here. You take this. You take a third of the power, and I'll take the rest. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now he says, knowing that, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Who's the Father? Who's the Son? Who's the Holy Ghost? Of the Father, of the Son, of the Spirit. That's the Father. Of the Son, the fleshly body, Jesus Christ. Of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit that's given to you to quicken your mortal body. The same Spirit that was in Jesus Christ that raised Him from the dead. You gotta have it to be raised up. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. This is why we are apostolic. And I, I hope nobody in this church, amen, gets mad or gets bothered hearing this preacher say apostolic. Well, apostolic, we had to, apostolic. 
Because look what he said. All things whatsoever I have commanded you, disciples, apostles. Don't change it. I'm making you an apostle, not a Baptist, not a Catholic, not a Methodist, not a Buddhist, not a Hinduist. I'm making you apostolic because the things I've told you don't deviate from, don't change. It starts at home. If I don't get it, I can't expect a man to take it somewhere else. That's why I said it starts in Jerusalem. You're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem. You're going to live it. You're going to preach it. Amen. You're going to speak it in Jerusalem first. <laughs> because all power, because I hold all power, I want you to go in that same power and be witnesses for me. Listen, our ministry is performed here on this earth, but empowered by heaven. Our ministry, come on, we have it. We're, we perform it here on the earth. We do it. But it's a heaven. It's a divine given. Look at it. That's what he said. On one end, in other words, on one end, all power is given from heaven and earth. On the other side of the spectrum, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. What's in between? You, I, as witnesses. I'm giving you the power. And I want you to know, on the, all the way to the end, I go with you all the way. Listen, all the way to the end, nothing's going nothing's gonna to stop it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Step out there and tell them to be still. Step out there and tell them to take into the prayer room. Our ministry is performed here. What we do is here. But it's from heaven. God divinely gives us the power. Listen, if you're a Holy Ghost filled, you have a power. You have a power. Not somebody, not the preacher that, you know, not ever who helped you pray through. You have a power. God has given you a power. Use it. There's things we're doing in our life, amen, that's got control of us. We've got to step back and say, wait a minute. I've got the power to overcome this. I don't need to do this. I don't need to be this. I just need to be a witness for the Lord. I don't need to run around and complain about it. I don't need to go around and get in everybody's ear about it. I just need to let everybody know, listen, repent. Get your life together. I may look like I'm being martyred. I may be persecuted. I may have troubles. I may have problems. I may have issues in life. But guess what? That's my life for the Lord. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. But one thing I know, the Lord's with me all the way to the end. Because in between both of those ends, we are to go teach and we're going to, amen, keep the urgency to spread the gospel in our world. Now think about what, what, what really truly happened. Because he says it starts at home. Look at your neighbor and say, inside your world. You know, we talk about outreach, but Jesus is talking about inreach. 
It starts inside first. It starts at home first. In reach. Jesus told him, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, home, before you go to Samaria, before you go anywhere else, Judea, all Judea, before you go anywhere else, it starts here. I hope you get this because it means something. It obviously meant something for the Lord because it was on his heart before, before he left. Think about it. Our efforts, our outreach, our laboring for the kingdom of God was never meant to compromise our own family. I've, over the years, made sacrifices, I thought, for the Lord that actually was compromising things in our families. We just have to admit it. Sometimes we get on a mission and we decline and we neglect Home first. It happens. Balance is the key. There's a, there's a balance. Our responsibility first. Our first calling is what? To our family, to ourself. Home. First, first. We've got to get it here first before we can go here. You can sit around and criticize everybody else, and you can sit around and talk about the church, what the church is supposed to be doing, but it starts at home. If all you want to do is fuss with your family, that's all you're going to get. If all you're going to do is find fault with your family, that's all you're going to have. That's why we have so much dysfunction in families. We sit around and pick at one another for everything that we do. We do. It's, it's, it's something that the Lord says our responsibility first is to, to start at home. Yes, we are to minister to the lost and to a dying world. Yes, but we must never forget that it starts in Jerusalem. It starts at home. Because we're called, we're called to protect and defend our faith at home first. We're, we're, we're instructed. Look at me. We're instructed to properly, properly, properly train our children. Now, listen, as time goes on, it doesn't mean they're always going to stay with it. I didn't, but thank God I had something instilled in me that I could come back to. A lot of them don't have anything to come back to because it was never instilled in them in the beginning. Because we got rebellious because we thought we was drugged to church. We thought we was, had things forced down our throat. We thought we had all these things. And not realizing then, but I operate under the spirit of rebellion. I let my hair. I dress how I talked how all those things and and really you don't realize it but I realized I was just being rebellious. I was just being resistant. And the Lord says, "Listen, that's not what you to focus on. That's not what I want you to things that you can't control yourself." This is why we've got to look at ourselves and say, "It starts with me first. Because when see people see me, what do they see? Do they think I'm rebellious? Do they think I'm just doing things to be doing them?" Come on, that's why you hear me say a lot of times, a lot of things that we do for a ministry, for a pastor, it's hard to pick whether it's blameless or not. And we're to strive to be blameless. You think about it. We've got to do things to keep ourselves spiritually healthy. How many feel like you have a passion for others? A passion to really, I mean, reach the lost. 
But I'll tell you, sometimes it's, it's, it's a struggle at home because things that family has said and done, and we just harbor those and we keep those on our forethoughts and we don't. So you know what? Forget them. That's the way they want to be. Forget them. Listen, God has not required us to offer our kids, our marriages, our families, come on, our community. He's not asked us to offer these things on an altar of sacrifice because we cannot reach Samaria until we start in Jerusalem. We cannot reach Judea until we have started in Jerusalem. That is the will of God. And we see that was on the heart of God before he ascended. It's not about the kingdom being set up. It's not about things, amen, that's going to, going to happen. He said, this is not the time to deal with those. Listen, I know, we, I, know we, I know we all believe we're living in an end time, but not everything about end time do we need to be involved in right now. It's true. It's not what we should be focusing on. Spending our time and resources on. What we should be spending our time and resources on are lost people. Preaching the gospel. Come on. Every one of us should be working to get somebody to the house of God. To the place of prayer. To an altar. Take some time to fast on your own. You don't have to wait for the preacher or community event. He said you've got to be the witness. You've got to do it. Stand with me. Because the Lord, the Lord has given us power to go. So let's go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and do his heart's will. What's his heart's will? Repentance. Tell people about the remission of sins. You know the blood of Jesus you see, there's a world out there that's promoting Jesus and the blood of Jesus, but just not all the way through. To thread, to thread something, you've got to thread it all the way through. To stitch something, you've got to stitch it the right way for it to hold. Just talking about Jesus and just understanding and knowing about the blood of Jesus, and, and we talk about Easter and the cross and those things, that, that, that's all good and well, but it's really it comes down to it. Most of that's just drama. It's just being dramatical. Jesus done did it. We know that. It's not, it's not the cross. It's not all that now that we need to be concerned about. That's done. He resurrected. Is that correct? And so what was the last thing he said to do? Go. Repent. Speak. Preach. Repentance. Remission of sins. That's what's necessary. doesn't matter... There's always going to be a resistance. That's just our flesh. That's just our nature. Always going to be that resistance. He said, you go and you do that in the name of my, in my name. You do that in my name. Because now, watch, now from what he told them in Luke 24 and what happened in Acts, now we have no excuse, none. We have the power. I have given you the power. You're going to receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Come on, smile. That, that ought to make us happy. 
oh, I'm backward, I'm shy. No, you don't. You got power. Shut your mouth. Amen. Tell that devil he's a liar. Tell, tell Peter to get behind you. Because that's just the voice, amen, of opposition trying to keep you from doing what God says you need to be doing. And he's given us power to do so. It's a spiritual balance. Amen. We start with Jerusalem, and we move into Judea, and we move into Samaria. Amen, the world. If you're going to take on the tough things, you better make sure the tough things at home are taken care of first. Amen. Come on, let's pray.